We had a lot more Miami Hurricanes recruiting fireworks around early July of last year than we did this year. So what changed? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're free wherever you get your podcasts and free on YouTube. And thank you for the awesome questions. We're going to answer as many of those as we can on this episode. You've been sending them on our subtext, SMS texting community, and to us on Twitter at Locked on Canes. I want to get into this question from LL Cool Matt, who says, hey, What's changed from a few weeks ago to now in recruiting? Why were we so high on signing a potential top five class? And what's changed to pull some of these kids away from Miami? If we're now losing hometown four-star wide receivers to Nebraska, something has to change. So, yeah, I brought up in the intro, it definitely feels a little bit different from this time last year, right? Where, you know, around 4th of July, early July last year, you had just landed Francis Maui Noah, Jaden Wayne, you'd quote unquote landed Jaden Rashada. I know that one didn't end up stick sticking, but that was around this time last year. But he's also right that there's definitely a different mood in the fan base from a few weeks ago because some of the top targets like Justin Scott, uh, you know, Ja'Cory Barney, that was the four-star wide receiver that you referenced who picked Nebraska over Miami. You know, you were still in play and trending for some of these guys who have ended up placing their verbal commitments elsewhere. Uh, Every year is different, first of all. Recruiting offers a ton of twists and turns. But yes, Miami's definitely lost a few key battles, but there are still wars being fought out there. But as far as things that have changed, and now this this one is not necessarily something that's changed from a few weeks ago, but it's definitely something that's changed from last year. The NIL landscape has changed. And, you know, I'm not even so much talking about Miami's situation A lot of you out there have somehow become overnight financial experts and you're checking the life wallet stock price every day. You're like, Miami's broke now. There's no NIL money. That's not really what I'm thinking about because I've been told that Miami's NIL situation is still in pretty good shape and still competitive, right? That there still are NIL deals coming from Ruiz and company and the Canes Connection Collective is really stepping up. So I don't really look at it so much as what Miami's doing or not doing in NIL, but I think the landscape has changed everywhere else. A year ago at this time, in the class of 2023 recruiting cycle, Miami was so far ahead of the pack with NIL. John Ruiz was so organized compared to the likes of Ohio State, the Floridas of the world, the Oklahomas. Uh, to their credit, like they've caught up and they've probably looked a lot at what Miami was doing and saying, hey, we have to kind of uh, we have to implement that and we have to step our NIL game up. I know for Florida, the whole Jaden Rashada situation was incredibly embarrassing and they had to they had to figure out how to get their act together. So it's not as much about what Miami's not doing with NIL this year. It's what others are doing where the landscape has changed. And a lot of these big schools that Miami was so far ahead of have closed that gap, and that makes a difference for them. Now, another thing that obviously has changed, and it is affecting Miami's recruiting, is 5-7 and seven last year. Now, 
that probably wasn't the difference in Ja'Cory Barney, who went to Nebraska because he chose a team that only won four games last year. Miami won five. But, you know, I definitely think the win-loss record has worked against Miami so far with some of the other wide receivers out there. I think it worked against Miami with Justin Scott, who chose for you know, a more reliable, you know, lately program in Ohio State. But with that said, guys, I don't want anyone getting too discouraged because a ton of your top targets still remain uncommitted. We just have to be patient with players like four-star defensive lineman Artavius Jones, uncommitted. Kamari and Franklin, the five-star defensive lineman who's coming back to South Florida at the end of this month. Five-star edge Dylan Stewart, five-star wide receiver JoJo Trader, five-star safety Zaquan Patterson. Uh, now, this player is committed, but I know Miami is still battling for Luane McCoy, the four-star wide receiver who's committed to Florida State. Miami's trying to flip him. And so, okay, another thing that you know, maybe has uh, Miami could have done a better job of so far in this cycle. And this is just me from the outside looking in because I don't sit in on recruiting meetings with the staff. All right. I don't we'll never understand the type of work and the amount of work they're putting in behind the scenes to communicate with players, to set up their big board, to make offers and all that. We'll never understand all the work they're putting into this. So this is just me from the outside looking in. But I think Miami might need to do a better job of making some of their plan B's feel like plan A's. Cause when you miss out on certain plan A's, you want to make sure you're not too far behind on the plan B's, right? They started recruiting Ja'Cory Barney way too late. Nebraska had been on him for months. Miami had been on him for weeks. Should have been heavier on him earlier. Uh, I heard the reason why Luane McCoy verbally committed to Florida state back in April was he didn't feel enough love from Miami at that time. Uh, with Schmo, Moritz Schmeranzer, the three-star offensive lineman, Miami started recruiting him very late compared to Pittsburgh, who had been on him for months. Now, that's easier said than done because that, that's a German kid currently living in rural Virginia. So, you know, perhaps finding him earlier was not, you know, just not something Miami did, you know, a good enough job. I'm sure a lot of programs didn't know a lot about Schmo. Uh, and let's also remember, and this is something I want everyone to make sure you're not feeling hopeless about recruiting in July when we have a long way to go, right? Things can get better. They could get worse, but they can definitely get better. Let's remember that a verbal commitment in the summer is not binding, right? Some of these players that Miami may have finished second place for in a verbal commit can still be flipped before National Signing Day. That obviously goes both ways. Other programs will be trying to flip some of your commits, right? We've seen people trying to get after the likes of Chance Robinson, for example. I'm sure Mike Marquise Lightfoot, everyone's going to be competing for his signature before December. But Mario Cristobal always, always, always plays the long game, right? Verbal commit goes somewhere else. That doesn't mean he stops recruiting you. Miami last year, they flipped guys like Collins of Chiampong from Michigan, Tommy Kinsler from Florida. Cristobal didn't give up on these guys after they verbally committed someplace else. And yeah, recruiting also this year, we talked about it with Brian Smith when he joined us late last week. Just covering recruiting this year has been crazier than any other year that I can remember. Brian's been doing it a lot longer than I have, all right? Uh, it's not just Miami that's had some unexpected misses and twists and turns because this year, I think recruits, a lot of these guys seem to be openly lying to reporters now about where they're leaning because I, they don't, some of these guys do not like the crystal balls coming out and stealing their thunder. You know, we had a long conversation with Brian Smith last week about Justin Scott. 
Justin Scott, it seems like he trolled Michigan. Like he made Michigan think he was going there only to commit to their arch rival, Ohio State. So you see stuff like that going on. And it's made like how many Steve Wiltfong crystal balls have missed over the last couple of weeks? How many Dono balls have missed over the last couple of weeks? Recruits are being less predictable and I think less honest, uh, less honest with reporters than they ever have. So that's definitely something going on. I uh, got a good question I want to answer on the other side as to whether uh, Miami's roster, if we can go from the future, recruiting is the future to present day that's coming into the 2023 season, which, by the way, we're less than two months away from college football. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're coming up on it, man. We are less than two months away from college football. I'll answer a question about whether or not Miami's roster has been flipped to the better and which areas have been flipped the greatest. Uh, we also have a couple of recruiting updates. Uh, Miami officially a finalist for four-star linebacker Chris Cole. We know Miami's a finalist for four-star D lineman Jaden Jackson. He's going to be announcing his commitment this coming Thursday. So we'll give you the latest on those situations. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. If you're a South Floridian like myself, You've noticed uh, the record heat index out there the last few days. It's it's literally never been this hot in Miami before, but I'm chilling because I'm walking around in my bird dog shorts. They breathe and they're cool. Bird dogs make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. I've tried them both. They do fit better. They fit way better, of course, than the regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And very important for the Floridians and the Texans out there. I know it's very hot in Texas as well. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Guys, I don't know what I'd be doing out there when the heat index is like 110 outside. I don't know what I would be doing if I didn't have my Bird Dog shorts on right now. So go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. I love this thing as well. That's birddogs.com slash college or promo code Locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Uh, and for the everydayers, you know, we're going to have a loaded week. We're going to have uh, Brian Smith on talking recruiting. Larry Bluestein will likely join us this week. Maybe we'll work on a, a Miami player or two to join us this week. Hmm. But it's going to be a good one. So make sure if you want to take your everyday or experience to the next level, you join our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. I include the link in the show description below. All right. So, you know, we talked about future recruiting. Why is recruiting not going that well so far? Again, I'm, I'm still not panicking. <laughs> You've got enough high-profile players still out there for the taking. But we have a question about the roster coming up this season, okay? This is from Totally Canes. He says, do you feel as though the roster was flipped for the better? 100% yes. That was a bit of a softball question, Totally Canes, because I think you knew that my answer would be yes, all right? But to be a little bit more specific, um, I don't really see any part of the roster that's clearly gotten worse from last year. Uh, I, I think in the most cases, it's clear improvement. Now, 
Um, there are a few spots where you lost important pieces, like maybe losing Will Mallory at tight end, who was your leading receiver last year. Maybe that will hurt. But overall, the tight end room is deeper than it was last year. And it looks like Elijah Arroyo's recovery from his knee injury is going great. So I think he'll be ready to be tight end one this year. And then there's a lot of depth in that tight end room this year compared to last year. Jaleel Skinner, I think, is ready to take a huge step up. You've got a couple of very talented true freshmen who I think can continue right away. And you've got a human blocking machine in Cam McCormick, who's like 35 years old, who's now on your roster at tight end. So losing Will Mallory, that might hurt, but the room is deeper. You lost two cornerbacks to the NFL. But neither of them were that good last year in college, right? I mean, obviously, these guys were you know, uh, DJ Ivy and, and more notably uh, Tyreek Stevenson. They were good enough to get drafted. But uh, honestly, I, I think Miami, based on scheme and on some of the players you brought in, the cornerback production might even be better this year with the likes of the Brown brothers, Devontae and Damari, Demetrius Freeney and Jadeus Richard in the transfer portal. Robert Stafford is a true freshman who's rocking the strength and conditioning program. And I think guys who were on the team last year who have been trending, looking better in practice, like Daryl Porter and Chris Graves, they've been improving. Okay. Safety. You lost some depth from last year, but you still have your important starters. You still have the best safety in the country, Cam Kinchins. You still have the safety probably with the most potential in the country in James Williams. And I think Markeith Williams, Caleb Spencer, can help fill the void from some of the guys you lost in the transfer portal. Uh, the defensive line, you lost an important piece in Daryl Jackson, right? So you're going to have to make up for that. I think your pass rush is going to be better than last year. Adding someone like Ruben Bain into that pass rush is going to make a difference. Linebacker, definitely better. O-line, definitely better. Wide receiver, running back, definitely better. And quarterback, at worst, will be the same. But hopefully, Tyler Van Dyke has a much better season because he's got better protection, better weapons to throw the football to, better looking running game, better offensive line, you know, the whole thing. So uh, no question, uh, Miami has flipped the roster for the better. And, you know, you really have no excuses not to have a better record than you have last year. A uh, couple of recruiting notes. Yeah, another player Miami missed on over the weekend was Devon Mitchell, the four-star tight end who chose Oklahoma. And as we predicted, he reclassified to the class of 2024. Um, that was that was interesting because that seemed legitimately like that recruiting battle between Miami and Oklahoma went down to the final hours, right? That nobody legitimately knew where that young man was going to choose until maybe a couple of hours before he unfortunately announced the Oklahoma Sooners. And this kind of goes back to something I was saying earlier on in the show, that this was another one, Devon Mitchell, that Miami got into his recruitment a little bit late. Now, that's a West Coast, currently West Coast kid with Oklahoma ties, so we were probably at a disadvantage there from the get-up. Uh, but they did get into his recruitment late compared to Oklahoma. They had been laying the foundation for several months. Miami had been laying the foundation with him for several weeks. Uh, clearly, you did finish second place with him, so we'll see what happens down the road. And also another thing that I look at is my, it's unfortunate because Miami is tight end U. Even during the lean years, Miami puts tight ends into the first round and early rounds of the NFL draft. Uh, you still produce draft picks even in the lean years. Oklahoma does not do that at the rate Miami does it. But then also, I just talked about how deep Miami's tight end room is, and you already have a four-star Elijah Lofton committed for next year. You had a three- and a four-star who committed last year in the tight end room. So Miami's tight end room is so deep. <laughs> I mean, for Devon Mitchell, it's like he might have just said, hey, like, I, I don't know for sure if and when I'm getting on the field there. I can definitely get right on the field in Oklahoma. 
that might have had something to do with it. Okay. So, you know, and again, from a Miami perspective, I'm also not that worried about the tight end position. I would love to land Caleb Odom in a few days because he announces on the 15th. Alabama are considered the favorites there. I would love to land Odom, but I'm I'm not gonna you're not gonna lose too much sleep over missing out on Devon Mitchell because Miami has an incredibly deep tight end room and you do already have a four star committed in this class. So I'm not I'm not gonna like cry about that the way that a lot of people are still you know crying about the Jacory Barneys and the Justin Scotts and all that. Uh, now Miami has officially made the top eight for four star linebacker Chris Cole, who we really want. Rohan Marley's nephew. His final eight are USC, Alabama, Georgia, Virginia Tech, Tennessee, Penn State, Notre Dame, and Miami. And according to Brian Doan from 24-7, it's believed that uh, out of that top eight, the real top three right now are Georgia, Miami, and Alabama. So we're in there with some heavy hitters. He's also not ruling out Tennessee to maybe try to make a late push, but Georgia, Miami, and Bama are, are perceived to be the three teams with the best shot so far. Obviously, Miami's got, you know, the bloodlines and the family ties for him that those other schools don't have. We'll see if that makes a difference or not. Uh, so Chris Cole has made four official visits so far, including one to Miami. He does plan to schedule two OVs to other schools in the fall. So doesn't look like he's going to announce anything this summer. So just, just want you to know Miami right now is in a pretty good spot for Cole, but don't expect him to announce in the next couple of weeks. He probably won't announce until sometime in the fall. So keep your eyes on that. Now, player Miami is a finalist for who will be announcing in a matter of days is four-star defensive lineman Jaden Jackson out of IMG Academy. He's announcing this Thursday, the 13th. His finalists are Miami, Florida, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Texas. Most are expecting him to commit to the Longhorns. So be ready for that in case it goes down that way, okay, that you may not be landing Jaden Jackson. But if we've learned anything, again, in this recruiting cycle, a lot can change in three days. I mean, three days before Marquise Lightfoot announced, hell, three hours before Marquise Lightfoot announced it was all Ohio State. Miami turned that one on its head. So I'm not necessarily saying this one's going to go the same way, but just – be mindful that in this cycle, making predictions is kind of an exercise in futility, okay? Uh, let's see. Let's get to some more questions here. We get a question from Derek in Nashville who says, hey, uh, how many players are on scholarship right now at Miami? I'm not sure. Um, I know they're right around the 85 limit, if not even a scholarship or two over that, but they don't release official scholarship numbers this time of year. So we're not sure some of the guys who were walk-ons or former walk-ons, are they still on scholarship this year or are they walk-ons this year? Some of that math is unclear. Now, if you go by, um, they, they have like a running scholarship tracker on Kane sport, Matt Shodell updates that. And if you go by his math, I think there's 88 out of 85 on scholarship. So they're technically, I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is, but they're technically over the limit right now. So, you know, there's going to be obviously some roster attrition or manipulation before the season starts. But right now, you're right at, if not over, the scholarship number. Uh, let me see who else we got. Um, and by the way, Derek in Nashville wants us to know he's an everydayer and he's a big Built Bar fan. I hope you're a Bird Dogs fan, too, as well. Support all of our great sponsors. 
Uh, all right. On the other side, I want to answer some questions. A lot of people are asking about defensive tackle and recruiting targets. So I want to get to some of those. And by the way, Derek in Nashville was not the only person to ask about the scholarship numbers. Uh, but again, I don't have an exact count, but they're they're right at or around the limit. All right. So we got more to talk about, folks. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And I encourage you, if you'd like to stay in constant communication, to join our exclusive SMS texting community through a service called Subtext. I'm including a link in the show description below. When you sign up for our Subtext, you get text messages to your phone directly from mine. I give you guys show previews. I give you the opportunity to ask me questions. We do one-on-ones right there on the Subtext breaking news. It's a great way to build the community. You can try it completely free for 14 days. And then if you want to opt in after 14 days, it's $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. So make sure you check out our exclusive subtext community. I'd love to have you guys connect with us that way as well. It's a way to take your everyday or experience to the next level. Get a question from our pal Clayton, who says, who are the uncommitted D-tackle prospects that we still have a chance for? Uh, there, there are a few of them. Um, you know, the, the guys with uh, the highest ratings that I look at, uh, Kamari and Franklin, I, I still believe Miami is a really good chance for Franklin. It's Miami versus Tennessee for him. And Franklin is going to be back down in South Florida in a couple of weeks, okay? Artavius Jones. Now, this this one's going to be uh, – this one's going to be making us sweat a little bit because – Artavius had talked about possibly verbally committing on July 4th, but he decided to take his time. If he had committed on July 4th, I believe it would have been Miami. I think Miami is leading for him, if not strongly leading for him, but obviously he's now going to take his time and take more visits. So you got to keep chipping away at this one. Like if I believe Miami leads for Artavius Jones, you now have to keep your lead. You have to keep in constant communication with this young man. Uh, LJ McCray is another one. It's Florida versus Miami for him. I know Miami really values LJ McCray and Aiden Breland from uh, modern day in California. That's another one uh, that Miami is, uh, is still in the mix for. I, I'd say out of those, Kamari and Franklin and Artavius Jones, probably the ones Miami has the better chance for. They're, I think, playing from behind with McCray and Aiden Breland, but anything's possible, all right? Uh, we get a question from Ardry in Pensacola who says, hey, can you sort out or can you sort of project possible increases in stars for Miami's current committed players? We, we got all those three stars, right? The three-star brigade. Three-star Mario! Does he know he's allowed to recruit four and five stars? So Ardry wants to know if we can project any of, uh, of our current three stars to maybe improve before uh, before the cycle is done. Um, so, okay, there are certain players that are already getting bumped by like one of the recruiting services, right? And I could see, I could see that bumping up Miami's class a little bit higher in the composite. Like uh, two examples, Isaiah Thomas, the safety and Vincent Shavers, the linebacker recently got a fourth star from rivals. Now uh, I think rivals has done their most recent update before 24 seven and on three have, I think updates are still pending, but do soon for 24 seven and on three, but on rivals, Isaiah Thomas and Vincent Shavers have gotten their, their fourth star recently, which is great. Cause you know, hopefully soon people can't complain about so many three stars. Cause some of your three stars will have a fourth star by that time. 
Um, you know, I, I could see uh, guys who I think are candidates to get bumps outside of Isaiah Thomas and Shavers. I could see Chris Wheatley Humphrey getting a fourth star at some point. You watch that young man's film. There's nothing three-star about that guy. And I think Dylan Day from Southern Lab, the safety from Louisiana, is knocking on the door for a bump as well. And I'm sure that there are others. I think Juan Manaya maybe could get a bump at some point. Uh, we get a question from Scotty who says, hey, what's going on with this class? And when will we start locking down top-tier commits? Um, I don't know, Scotty, if you can figure that out, let the staff know. <laughs> let the staff know when they can start experience. I mean – you know, you did get, I, I, I don't know if you consider four stars to be top tier commits, but Kevin Riley, Elijah Lofton, um, Chance Robinson, to name a few. So, you know, you, you haven't get Marquise Lightfoot, the most recent one. Uh, but as far as like when some of these five stars might drop, you know, keeping my fingers crossed later this summer, we hear something. Uh, this comes from Mike. He says, hey, stupid question, but do you have the start date for fall practice? Mike, there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. No, I kid. I kid. But honestly, I don't I don't think they've released the dates yet. Uh, I haven't been able to find any. I checked my email because I'm on the athletic uh, Miami Athletics uh, media list. I haven't seen anything there. Haven't seen anything published. I don't think they've released the hard dates yet. It's usually the first week of August, though. I looked up last year's last year, Miami started fall camp on August 5th. So we're definitely less than a month away, right? Probably first week of August is when they're going to start fall camp. Uh, we get a question from Mal 4k who says, uh, Aiden Breland, did we ever close the door on Aaron Noland? He says, um, I, I think Aaron Nolan might've closed the door on us, <laughs> uh, but he says, Hey, uh, also we were ranked in the eighties. Uh, on, I think it was actually this, yeah, the 80s on offense and the 60s on defense. He's right about that last year. Uh, for us to meet that eight and four or nine and three mark, how big of a jump do we need to make? Um, is it top 25-0 and top 25-D? Uh, so first, uh, again, with, with Aaron Noland, he seems pretty locked into Ohio State, the four-star quarterback. Uh, Aiden Breland, Miami is still in the mix for him. Uh, the defensive tackle out of modern day uh, Oregon are perceived to be the leaders right now, but Miami are still in the mix. They've been recruiting him very hard. Um, as far as, you know, if Miami wants to be eight and four, nine and three next year. Um, yeah. I, I think your, your offense, which was 86th last year, your defense was, I think 65th in the country. I think one of those has got to be in the top 20 and then the other one in the top 30. Like you take your pick. I think it's got to be either one of those. You've got to have like a top 20 offense and a top 30 defense or a top 20 defense, top 30 offense. I, I think because Miami's schedule is not easy. I mean, it's not quite like an SEC West schedule, but as far as the ACC goes, it's tough to have a, a more difficult schedule than what Miami has because you, you've got to play, you know, all of Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina, NC State, a talented Louisville team. You got to play all those teams in the same season, uh, which is not going to be a cakewalk. So, I think you've got to have uh, one unit probably in the top twenty, another unit probably in the top thirty. Um, Celos asks, "What's the word on these defensive linemen that you are recruiting?" I, I think we pretty much answered that, but I appreciate the question nonetheless. Celos, we get a question from Nicholas who says. Any news about the barbecue coming up in July? So the barbecue, uh, Miami does something like this every year, cookout, barbecue, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, at the very end of the dead period, right? At the end of July, when they lift the recruiting dead period, Miami just holds a big cookout. 
Um, I, I think it's the only the only big time uncommitted name I can say for sure is Kamarian Franklin's going to be there. Kamarian Franklin is scheduled to be at the barbecue, and I'm sure over the next uh, two weeks or so, we'll hear some other names flowing in. Um, oh, we got a question from Q, our guy Q Irvin, who says, "Who will be the surprise recruit to sign with us?" Um, you know, wouldn't it be interesting? Uh, and again, who knows if Miami ends up having a nine and three type of season, 10 and two, you can turn a lot of these narratives on their heads. Like if, if Miami were to go, it might, it, you might have to be this good to make this happen. If Miami were to go 10 and two, you might end up flipping Jeremiah Smith. Um, I could see if you're looking for a surprise commit, maybe one of those, five-star defensive ends, right? I mean, you're not you're not leading right now for Dylan Stewart or Colin Simmons, but, you know, if, if Miami decides to really push the matter hard there the way that they did with Marquise Lightfoot, like it wouldn't shock you if they could if they could turn something around like that. So look look for possibilities like that to be surprise commits. Uh we get a question from War Beast who says this has felt like the longest offseason ever. Personally, I'm over the recruiting rat race, although I know it's a critical year-round process, he says. So besides any latest info on potential commits, I'd like to hear your take on what our too-deep offensive line looks like now. War Beast, I feel for you, because anybody out there right now who's looking for daily Canes news, if you're not that into recruiting, this is a slow time of year for you. Now, for those who are into recruiting, there's nothing slow about the summer. But for those who are just like, I want to watch some football games again, I know July could be a tough month out there. Uh, but yeah, my, my, Miami's offensive line, I think it's going to be the most improved unit on the team, period. I think your first team O-line is from left to right, Zion Nelson, who apparently is healthy, and that's great news. JV on Cohen, then at left guard, Matt Lee at center, Inez Cooper at right guard. And I think CC Maui Noah is going to win out the right tackle uh, race. And, you know, there's definitely from the starters to some of the backups, there's obviously a drop off, but I think Miami's O-line is a lot deeper than it was last year. So I think probably your top backups overall, and I'm not really going to put them position except for Ryan Rodriguez, who I, I think is basically a center period. Um, I'm not going to, you know, put a lot of these cause some of these guys can play tackle guard and center, but I think your top backups, definitely Jalen rivers, uh, Ryan Rodriguez, Samson Okun Lola, who, you know, maybe by the end of next year will be ready to be your starting left tackle, Tommy Kinsler, Matthew McCoy, Michael McLaughlin, Logan Sogapalu. I, I think I gave you more than a two deep. I think there was like five plus six extra guys, but uh, I, I think your offensive line rotation is going to be in much better shape than it was a year ago to answer your question. Guys, always flies by here. Uh, you guys know the deal. If we get any breaking news, we'll do an emergency episode when we see fit. If not, if there's no breaking news today, we will see you again tomorrow. So make sure if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. If you listen to the audio version, make sure you subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, odyssey google podcast wherever you get your pods make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star review on our next episode we're going to do another round of uh, a five-star review reads because we've gotten a few new ones i want to shout you guys out so we'll talk to you again next time on another episode of locked on canes we are part of the awesome locked on podcast network your team every day